This is Channel 253. In this episode of Crossing Division. The possibilities here are incredible. If we could just start and bring back 20% of our fresh fruits and vegetables to our local economies, that'll stabilize our food system instead of having to ship stuff from South America and like it's being done now. Channel 253 is a member-supported podcast network. I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I'm asking you to become a member and show your support. Go to channel253.com slash membership to join. Thank you. Hi, this is Evelyn Lopez with Crossing Division. Today we're visiting again with David Thompson. We talked with David last year about the Food is Free project in Tacoma. And we wanted to catch up both to see how things are going and where uh, where they may be going this spring and summer. And also, David has a couple of additional projects that he wanted to talk about. So welcome, David. Uh, Thank you, Evelyn. Thank you. Thank you very much. So tell me, last year when we talked, the Food is Free project was largely a matter of... um, people who were putting um, tables out in their yards, usually to share produce that they were growing themselves, but also to share um, other uh, produce that was coming in from food distribution groups and, um, you know, sometimes packaged things too. Uh, What is going on now with Food is Free? What has changed over the last year? Well, the tables kind of took on a life of their own last year. Right. Uh, they really, because of COVID, everything kind of changed. And we began doing food rescue in May last year, um, along with our tables and our gardens. Uh, the tables became, they, they came kind of a little bit of a problem mm-hmm. in that, you know, people were putting coolers out there and they were putting out perishable foods. And uh, the food safety aspect really became important and it came to the forefront. Um, so I worked with the state health department working up, uh, we worked up guidelines for food pantries or for the little free pantries and for food sharing tables, um, what's appropriate, what's not, um, and to try and curb down on unsafe donations. Um, because, you know, as much as you'd want to put out your leftovers from yesterday, you can't go and put it on the table. It just can't safely be done. Um, so we had a little bit of that. I had to certify tables. We went from our high to 70 um, down to, there is 30 now that are certified. Um, they're all registered with the health department. Um, we follow all the health food safety guidelines. And um, so we've taken care of that situation. Uh, and the food rescue has really picked up um, from what we've been doing last year. Uh, matter of fact, we were part of the USDA Farm to Family Program. Um, and in that program, over the last uh, six months of the year, we uh, distributed 800 tons, just a little over 800 tons of food. Wow. Um, and probably done about, oh, probably two to 300 tons now so far this year. Right. What kind of food are you usually working with in the um, farm to, to table situation? Well, that's the USDA program. That's going to be coming to an end, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, may will be our last month, it looks like. Um, those come with two proteins, usually a package of hot dogs, a gallon of milk, um, comes with a tub of yogurt, uh, a tub of sour cream, usually butter or cheese. 
um, a bag of apples, a bag of onions and a bag of potatoes. Okay. So that's really good for a family, but that can't really sit out all day waiting for pickup either. Well, no, it's a little tricky to do those because you have to distribute them four hours from once it leaves the truck. Oh, how do you do that? Well, we're now set up. Um, Lillian Hunter helped us find a, a, a food rescue spot. So we're now distributing out of the former Goodwill at 72nd Street and Portland Avenue. Oh. Um, three o'clock Monday afternoons, I get a truck comes in. It brings me 16 pallets, uh, about 768 boxes. Um, last week, we passed them out in three hours. Wow. Have you noticed over this time period, you know, and the, you know, COVID um, situation just kind of made everything like more extreme, but have you noticed, uh, has the need for food sharing been pretty steady or have you seen it spike up or has it gone down a little bit? It's actually kind of leveled out now um, and maybe slightly going down a little bit, hmm. um, but that could be stimulus. Um, there's a lot, a lot of people got stimulus checks, so that could be a lot of affecting a lot about what's going on now. But I have noticed that the last month or so, things uh, have seemed to leveled out. Um, from where it was, it was pretty bad last November yeah. uh, and going into December, it was quite a, there was a lot of people that were having food insecurity problems. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're now in early spring. Have you got people uh, planting things in their, in food in their gardens that they can share on tables or is the focus still more on uh, distribution? No, no. Actually, we are pivoting back over to doing our gardens again. Um, that's really what Food is Free is about, is growing your own food and sharing it with your neighbors. Um, and that's where we want to get back to again. We were really responding to COVID, but the food rescue is pretty popular and we will be continuing to do that. I'm looking to work with um, a new app with uh, Food Rescue Hero. Um, so we might be doing more food rescue. We've actually split food is free into three different divisions now. Oh, well, uh, what are those? Tell me about those. Well, we do gardening. So we have our 30 street gardens that are around Tacoma and we're going to be building a large garden. Uh, we're building a large garden in uh, central Tacoma and uh, we'll be probably looking at a color, a couple of other large garden projects as well. Um, so we work in those. Then we do the gleaning through Harvesters County. Um, and then we have our own trees that we glean as well. Um, and then we do the food rescue. So um, we're doing all three aspects to try and bring uh, food, food security back to Tacoma. Mm -hmm. Where's your uh, central Tacoma garden located? Uh, that's going to be uh, just off of Houston and 11th, um, right across from DeLong Elementary. Oh, okay. Um, oh, oh, excellent. Very good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a, it's a 60 by 40 uh, garden there. We're calling it the Ted Erickson Heritage mm -hmm. Garden. Um, Ted Erickson was a, was an early uh, landowner there. Um, he bought the property in the mid-20s. And I uh, had a garden there. Him and his wife, Tootie, had a large garden there. And they shared with their neighbors. And uh, we're going to bring back his garden and share that with the, with the neighbors as well. That's wonderful. Um, so tell me what new projects you've, uh, been embarking on since we talked last year. Cause I, you had mentioned, um, when you contacted me a 20% initiative and also something called figs, and I don't know what either of those is. So which one do you want to start with? 
<laughs> well, actually, we'll start with the 20% index. Okay. Um, what, you know, what we learned this year, um, really from last year, was how, uh, how unstable our food supply chain is. Uh, it can be disrupted by just slow, small events like a, like a ship getting stuck in the Suez Canal. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, who would have thought? Everything got shut down for five days. Um, we had flooding down the Chehalis River. I don't know if you remember that. I five was shut down. Oh yeah, we couldn't get anything coming up I five. Um, we had the bridge that collapsed up north, and we couldn't get anything uh, coming south down I five. Um, so the, those are just small events that happened that created this kind of stuff. The pandemic came along, and our our supply chain almost collapsed. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, what I what I'd like to see done. Is, is that we come back and during the last century, we have what was known as the Victory Gardens. Mm-hmm. Okay? The Victory Garden was a, it was a neat project. Okay, It was done by the federal government, and they, had a, they encouraged people to grow food in any type of vacant spot. By the time World War II came around, they were encouraging to do it on their balconies in any vacant lot that could be found to help with the food security system. Um, we could do that again. But we don't have to go with the whole Victory Garden program. We can do it privately. We don't need to have the federal government come in and do this. We could do this ourselves. What I propose is that we bring 20% of our fresh fruits and vegetables back to Tacoma. And the reason I say 20% is that in 1945, at the height of the Victory Garden craze, there was 30 million estimated gardens in America. At that time, they produced 8 million tons of fresh fruits and vegetables. That was 40% of the domestic consumption. Wow. So that's what's capable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our, our population has increased by 250% since 1945. So the possibilities here are incredible. If we could just start and bring back 20% of our fresh fruits and vegetables to our local economies, that'll stabilize our food system instead of having to ship stuff from South America and like it's being done now, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, when you're shipping food from so far away, you're having a huge environmental footprint and as well as you're, uh, you're it's just adding cost to it and it becomes an unstable uh, system. Mm-hmm. If we can bring it back to our local economy, Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to try and bring back 20% of the fresh fruits and vegetables to Tacoma. Okay. Um, and we're going to do that through, we're going to call our gardens FIT. And that stands for Food Independence Garden. So we'll be building figs. We're going to convert all of our, our street gardens to figs. Um, I'm working on a project, Project Fig, and we may be building some more street gardens later in the summer. Um, and we'll be... What we're going to do is, is we're going to grow all these gardens, collect our food through our new app, uh, Fresh Food Connect. People will be able to donate their, fre- their fresh vegetables through Fresh Food Connect. We'll come and pick those vegetables up, and then weekly we'll have what's going to be known as a fig share. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be working through Metro Parks, and every Sunday we're going to have a fig share. It's going to happen at noon, and it's going to go for three hours. Where I, what I want is um, work with safe streets and bring all the neighborhood in to these local parks and have a big share every Sunday. Um, it'll go for three hours. Everybody can bring their produce or any extra food that they have. And we'll share among ourselves at the park there. And they can meet up. Um, it'll happen three times a year. 
at each one of these four parks. Okay. We're going to do one in the north end. We'll do one in the south end, one on the east side, and one in Hilltop. That sounds pretty good. So um, what do you need? I mean, it sounds like you've made some contacts with Metro Parks and with Safe Streets, but what do you need to sort of get the message out there to people to start, um, you know, either start growing or if they already have established gardens, um, get in the mindset of bring, bring something to share? Well, I think really the Fresh Food Connect app. Um, you could download uh, that onto your phone. It's really easy to do. And all you got to do is just punch it in there, say what you've got to donate. And either you could come and drop that off here at the farm or several different locations I'll have. You could bring it to the share on the Sunday that's in your, na- in your uh, neighborhood. Or you could have us come pick it up and we'll pick it up and we'll bring it to the next share that's going to happen. Those shares will be happening every Sunday. Um, so they'll be moving around town. But it'll be at four different permanent locations. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be there'll be a late spring one, a summer one, and a fall one. Okay, um, that sounds really good. Uh, do you need anything now? Like, and what I'm thinking of is, I am planning on growing um, vegetables in my front yard, but I haven't planted them yet, and I know I bought more seeds that I'm going to need. Is there a a place where anyone would like some extra seeds? Oh, absolutely. Um, Harvest Pierce County is putting together a community uh, seed bank right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Renee Meshi is putting it together. Um, It's called Seed Seed Sow Share Program. And they'll be putting together a community seed bank. Because what, what we've also found is that the seed su- supply is very susceptible as well. Um, if you've noticed, trying to go buy seeds is kind of difficult. Um, and she's expecting huge shortages within the next three years. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to promote everybody to save seeds, grow your food, and save your seeds at the end of the season as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll have a community seed bank that all the seeds will go to. Excellent. Um, how can people get involved in some of these different activities? How can they make a connection with Food is Free? Well, our new website, what we've done, <laughs> what we've done is we've, we're pivoting over to Food is Free Washington. Food is Free Washington is now a 501c3. Um, we're provisional at the moment. We filed with the IRS. We're still waiting on approval. Um, but we've moved up into, the, into being a full nonprofit now. Um, so we've got a new website and that is foodisfreewashington.org. And is Washington spelled out? So is it food is free yes. Washington? Okay. Okay. I'll make a note of that and I will put that in our show notes. Uh, okay. So starting at the website, how does that allow people to, um, I think it does allow people to sign up to volunteer. Yes, there is a volunteer profile there that you fill out. Okay. Um, You'll fill out your volunteer profile, and we get an idea of what it is that you like to do. Because I have, you know, we have so many volunteers now, we have so many different things going on, that it's easier to have them fill out a profile so we know what their interests are and what they're interested in doing. Um, Whether it's food rescue, um, separating food, loading vehicles, growing food, um, working the little gardens. Um, There's lots of volunteer activities, even admin and and all the other stuff that I don't like doing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, give me an idea. What is uh, one of the most popular things that people like to volunteer for? Well, you know, the food distribution has really been what we've really had going on lately. Um, so, you know, there's traffic control and there's load vehicles and um, you get to meet a lot of people. And, you know, yeah, there's all kinds of people show up for those events. So you meet lots of people and it's, you know, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. And it only lasts for three hours. And um, we've been doing a lot of that. But now we're going to pivot the gardens. So, you know, there's 30 street gardens that all are going to need a little bit of tending, get them set up. Uh, we've got a lot of seeds started now. Um, so. Uh, my wife and I are growing seeds like crazy right now. So we have lots of starts that will be available probably within the next couple of weeks, two, three weeks. Um, plus, uh, Harvest Pierce County is giving out seed or starts every uh, every Friday now going all through spring. They have uh, different locations. Um, you can go to their website, harvestpiercecounty.org. Okay. And uh, it'll show where they're passing out all these starts. So there's lots of there's lots of starts available. Um, there's lots of ways to get started gardening. It's going to be quite the season. Uh, we're having a beautiful spring day today. Um, I don't know about you, but I've got spring fever. Mm-hmm. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Well, um, give me some advice. As a, um, I am always an enthusiastic gardener, but I'm pretty inconsistent. So. I have seed trays, I've got uh, potting soil, I've got seeds, I've got places in the front yard designated where I know where I'm going to put things, but I haven't put a seed into dirt yet and I'm a little worried that I'm late. Am I, am I late? I kind of figure I want to get my seeds started this month and then in the ground outside next month because I don't want to put them out when it's too cold, but am I being too cautious? No, no, actually it's about right. Um, I, you know, we started about two weeks ago, but you know, it's only two weeks, so it's mm-hmm. not, you're really fine. Um, I maybe it might be a little late to start tomatoes. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, might well, be a little late on tomatoes. Um, usually I like to have those going for about three, three, four weeks right now. Before you go um, into the, before you take them outside. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, you actually, you don't want to even put your tomatoes out until uh, mid-May. Okay, um, good. Good. Yeah, so you got a lot of time, but if you start a you start the little tomatoes now, um, yeah, you might, you might, but you know, with our climate, you got to remember tomatoes have to ripen early, right? Um, because by the time September comes around, if you're not going to have ripe tomatoes, you're not going to get ripe ones in September. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I have some seeds for cherry tomato. I sort of, you know, cherry tomatoes were my insurance crop that I have some heirloom tomatoes and cherry tomatoes, and I haven't started them, but I think the cherry tomatoes. Well, I can probably do, and I'm not sure at the heirlooms. I have a, I have a grow light that I can use. Do you think that would be helpful, at least for oh, yeah. tomatoes? Yeah, I I've tried for a long time to to use not use a grow light. Do yeah. it cheap. Um, no, get the seed starting the the seed starting mix. Don't try and make your own potting soil, and mm-hmm. just go get the mix yeah. and use a grow light, and you'll have much better success. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll get on that then. Uh, Well, let's take a short break here. And then when we come back, I'm going to ask you to um, sort of give me a little bit of a projection as to what comes next. Hello, this is Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel 253 podcast, Citizen Tacoma, and a proud Alaska Airlines frequent flyer. Everything in our day-to-day life seems to involve more hassle these days. So it feels good that Alaska Airlines is making something easier. Alaska has made air travel virtually touch-free. Here's the rundown. 
When you check your bags at the airport, you won't have to touch the kiosk to print your bag tags. They'll print when you scan your boarding passes, or you can even print them from home. When you board your flight, they can scan your boarding pass from as much as six feet away. Now, the lawyers want me to say that this might not work if the lighting in the terminal is low or if the print quality of your boarding pass isn't great. But still, kudos to Alaska for trying to keep physical distancing at every point of the trip. And don't forget, you can pre-order your meal from your phone or from your computer. You can even put your card on file in case you decide mid-flight to splurge on a local wine or beer. Get your drink without pulling out your card. Now, that's the perfect blend of convenience, safety, and temptation. Those are the thoughtful details that make me choose Alaska Airlines every time I fly domestically. When you're ready to travel, rest easy, because Alaska's got this. Skip the travel sites and visit alaskaair.com to book your next flight. Thank you, Alaska Airlines, for making travel smoother, and thank you for your support of Channel 253. Hi, we're back. I'm talking with David Thompson of the Food is Free project. And, and maybe I should say the Food is Free Washington project since, um, you know, we're sort of expanding um, everything that is um, food sharing related. Um, before we get back into our conversation, if you are not yet a member of Channel 253, I hope you will consider joining. It is $4 a month or $40 a year. And it helps us put on these podcasts, make them available to the community, kind of keep people well, I think of it as keeping people up to date on all of the interesting things going on around Tacoma. Uh, you will also get access to some member-only perks like the Off the Record podcast that is hosted by our producer, Doug Mackey, and access to the Channel 253 member Slack channel, which seems like a weird thing to promote, but actually it's one of the more interesting conversations um, to either participate in or to observe. Anyway, please consider, consider joining us. So, David, let me ask you this. So, we're going to be growing our gardens, and I am with you. I think we're going to have a great spring, and I hope a wonderful warm summer without it being too, too hot. Um, you've got your plans for the food sharing in the FIGS program and bringing uh, Sunday produce to share with neighbors. What other things can we expect as your food sharing plans mature? Well, I think probably we're going to expand more on the food rescue. Mm -hmm. um, food rescue is a really important aspect of what we've been doing. Um, and it's really, it's, it's important to the community. Um, if you think about food rescue, what, what it consists of is that a grocery store or a food rescue organization will contact me and they'll say, hey, I've got a truckload like today, a truckload of bananas. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you distribute those? Um, and we accept the bananas. We'll distribute those out because of the type of system that we have is we can distribute that food out as quickly as possible. Um, and in food rescue, what you get a lot of times is produce that is close to the end of its time, but it's not bad yet, but it is close. So once it goes through a store system and gets to the shelf, it'd be too long and the food wouldn't be viable. Um, so in our system, we can give it all away within a day, within a few hours, actually, from when we get it. Um, it allows us to be able to do food rescue effectively. Um, so we're looking to expand that. Um, I just discovered this new app, Food Rescue Hero. Um, so I'm, I'm looking to work with them. Um, hopefully we can come on and we can be uh, the, the uh, food rescue organization for them here in West Washington. 
um, to be able to do that. So I'm thinking that's what we're going to expand to next. Um, plus, along with our gardens, the, mm-hmm. uh, the 20% initiative is really, I expect it to really take off. I'm looking to get county uh, support and city support as well. Um, so I know I've got the, the Sustainable Tacoma Commission. Um, they're happy about it. but That's good. That's excellent. I mean, one of the, uh, a couple of years ago, I started going to um, both H&L Produce in Lakewood and the um, Valley Produce Distributor out on Pacific. Let's say like Pacific and 90th or 96th. And getting, um, they they both, the H&L has like a shelf that's sort of the last chance shelf where they put some of their produce when it's um, either a little on the overly ripe side or it may be damaged. And I was right. giving myself the challenge of could I find foods to make other food out of? And one of the things, the only thing I really did, I did um, bell peppers, red peppers in particular, um, you know, roasted them and could keep them in the fridge for a week or two and use in salads and pizzas and all kinds of things. The other was uh, tomatoes. They had a wealth of tomatoes. And so I was making batches of tomato sauce. Um, But that to me is kind of, you know, a a next step that I would be very interested in is, and maybe it would be working with the, um, you know, the groups that are already doing the food preservation and things like that. But I think, teaching those um, grandma skills of food preservation, making your pickles, making your jams, uh, making applesauce. Um, is that something that you would ever get into or are you more on the food um, growing and distributing side? Well, actually, Hal Meng for the Center mm-hmm. for Food Preservation, um, he's got a great setup right now, a good system. And usually I like to refer people to him. Um, I think we can work together with, with Hal. Um, to really make this happen. He's a big gardening advocate anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. we kind of fit right together. Well, I think especially with your gleaning efforts, you know, if people are pulling in a lot of tree fruit or other fruit, that's a good way of, you know, preserving your fruit over the course of the winter. Right, right. But, you know, actually the fruit in our city right now, um, we have a bad coddling moth problem. Oh. Um, it was really bad last year. Um, and so this year, um, Harvesters County is going to concentrate more on um, on preser- our prevention of the coddling moth so we can get a better crop next year. Um, uh, I really expect much this year because of that. Okay. What do they do uh, to prevent that? Is is that a problem that happens with the windblown fruit staying on the ground or, or is it just that you need a kind of a reset? Well, no, you have to understand the life cycle of the coddling moth. Um, what it does, is it hibernates and pupates in the soil over the wintertime. When springtime comes, it flies up into the tree and then lays eggs into the new fruit. The worms go into the fruit and the fruit falls to the ground and it starts to cycle all over again. Oh, so, so it's ha- extremely important that you clean up the fruit under the tree as it falls and that you use, they have a little sticky traps that you use inside of your tree to catch those adult coddling moths as they come up into the tree. Mm-hmm. Um, the little traps look like an, uh, it looks like an apple, but it's sticky. And they'll fly up there and they'll get stuck in the in, into the fake apple. Um, you treat it like that, and within a season, the two seasons, you will stop the cycle of coddling moths and your tree will be fine. I see. 
um, is there, do the coddling moths go for all the tree fruit or are they more apples? Um, I'm wondering if they do the apples, pears, plums, do they do everything? <laughs> well, no, they're not in plums at all. Okay. Um, apples, they're, they're mostly into apples. Um, you know, Chris would get mad at me if I, I, Chris Madden is my, is my mentor. Uh, he does the cleaning program for Harvest Pierce County. And um, I kind of refer to him for, for that right there. Mm -hmm. Okay. That sounds good. So they're going to be making a special effort to interrupt that life cycle. And that may mean that you don't have the amount of tree fruit available for harvesting this year in order to have better tree fruit next year, or the year after. Am I, am I getting that? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Um, it'll be more a prevention to try to try and cut this coddling moth problem out because it's getting worse every year. Hmm. I, I didn't even know about that. I mean, I've no, I've noticed, um, you know, occasionally tent caterpillars in um, the apple trees, but I didn't know there was a fruit moth problem too. Well, what else then can we look forward to this summer? Any other activities you'd like to promote? Well, you know, I applied for a few grants, but mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I can't say yet. Um, we're looking for one, maybe AARP. Um, it was a large community grant. So we're looking to try and maybe do Project Big this this summer. Um, it would begin in July. So it's going to be a lot of late season gardens. Mm -hmm. But what I wanted to do was focus on disabled and elderly. Um, once again, build them in the parkway so they're on public property. Um and build the two garden uh, setups like I like we built last year. Mm -hmm. um, those were the two 12 by four foot uh, raised beds. Mm -hmm. well, so I'm looking to do, hopefully do that maybe here late in the summer. Um, if we find funding, if mm -hmm. we don't get the grant, but uh, we'll know. We'll know in June. Good. Well, I know that Tacoma had a big push last year um, to be sort of a um, senior livable city. Um, and I know that um, Lillian Hunter was very involved in that. And it sounds like you have a, a good connection with her already. Um, but that may be, she may be able to help uh, identify if there are any other, you know, specialized grant monies for senior and disabled people. I mean, that's the trouble really with the grant world is that there are so many little pots of money, but um, it's, they're not always easy to find. Right, right. And that's the whole thing. We're kind of, I'm kind of looking for maybe a volunteer to help me with grants um, because that is a whole avenue. If I go start looking for them, I spend all my time on it. Right. Uh, but yeah, um, and Councilman Hunter has been really, she is, uh, she's really helped us a lot. She helped us get our food rescue site mm -hmm. um, and our food distribution site. And, uh, and she was really big on getting AARP to make this uh, an age-friendly city. Mm -hmm. um, matter yeah. of fact, that was signed in 2019 um, by Victoria Woodward. Um, and so I've been, I played off of that on our grant application. I think, uh, I think actually, I think Tacoma is a great spot for their grant. Mm -hmm. to come in uh, and, and to show that we have a very livable city and we do the city has worked hard on it they we're a bike friendly city now we're an age friendly city um look at our tree canopy that we're increasing all the time um it's we have a nice city mm -hmm. you know another thing that i wouldn't mind seeing although this is kind of low on the need scale but um there are various planters around the downtown area 
that are just filled usually with grasses or something. Um, I would love to see some of those be used for um, food plants as well. Well, you know, a lot of those are actually rain gardens that were put in by blue with rain garden grants. Um, there's a number of those that are there in the downtown area. Um, the thing is about having those in, in those spaces, we could do that, but there would have to be maintenance done on them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we had the Corona Victory Garden. We, we sponsored that last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that worked out okay. Um, it was all right. But I'm thinking, you know, we really need to get in. Our, we have two very large food deserts in our city. Um, there's the east side that everybody knows about where there's not even one grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, but South Tacoma doesn't get much recognition either. Mm-hmm. Do you know that there's only one grocery store in South Tacoma? Is that the grocery outlet? That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all there is on the other side of the freeway until yeah. you go to University Place. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's there's that Marlene's, but that's sort of a high-end. Um, right. Right. I, I guess you could call Marlene's. Um, it's but so special not a supermarket. No. You know? No. If you were looking for a Fred Meyer or a Safeway or something like that, mm-hmm. there isn't one there. Yeah. Um, there isn't. You have to cross the freeway to go to Winco to get to your nearest spot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we really need to concentrate more on, on addressing those two areas of our city. Um, since they're not going to put grocery stores in there and they don't think they're viable, um, why not build lots of gardens mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and start giving people fresh fruits and vegetables? Yeah. Well, those areas are a little bit underserved by parks, too, although I guess along... Um, South Tacoma Way, you have that park that's next to the um, um, Asian American Pacific Islander API um, Center. That, well, no, there's, there's, there's a star center there. Yeah, there's star center on that area. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's quite a bit of land there. They've got park area too. It seems like um, the other partner that eventually would be nice to come into this would be the schools you know, so that you could do some gardens on the school lands as well. I think that would be a nice thing for everyone. Well, yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, Kale Iverson is on our board of directors um, for Food is Free Washington. Um, so, yeah, we are looking to uh, to maybe expand out into the, into the schools. Um, Tacoma Public Schools doesn't like to have the food that's grown there consumed by their students they they have a liability uh problem with that um but they are welcome to have the food given away um okay. matter of fact yeah yeah lincoln high school mm-hmm. um kale had the food giveaway that they did every week uh, mm-hmm. so school public schools is fine with that as long as kids don't eat it <laughs> 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 All right. I mean, to me, it, it would be, I think that the, it would be nice to have um, fresh produce growing right there. But I, you know, I know, I know people well, get Franklin worried Pierce about school it. district to do it. Yeah. You know, the Franklin Pierce school district does it and they do it very well. Um, to go with public schools could do it if they have the impetus to do it. Yeah. If they, uh, they wanted to. Well, we'll see what happens there. Well, um, uh, those are all of my questions for you, David, but I really appreciate all of the information you've shared. Is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you wanted to make sure we covered? No, no. It's my 20% initiative is really what I want to get everybody to know about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we could really do this. Um, I'd like to see everybody get behind it um, and try and bring at least, you know, 
see if we can bring some fresh fruits and vegetables back to Tacoma. Um, we have Sass who has her, uh, her um, share the wealth organics mm-hmm. um, where she's growing all over through central Tacoma, um, right there in the parkways. We could do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll help. I'm willing to help anybody put gardens together and, and do some consulting and whatever. Um, we can make this initiative happen. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I especially think after the pandemic, and you're right, with supply chain disruptions, um, having the ability to do things on your own is a really important skill set that we've, we've, I won't say we've sort of lost it, but it hasn't been a primary skill set, hasn't been a focus. And I think if anything, over the last year, uh, it has I think people have started to focus back on, you know, what can I grow myself? What can I make myself? What can I cook in my own home? And um, that's that's good for everyone. Oh, absolutely. You never know what can happen and you've got to take care of yourself. So yeah. um, it's the best thing to do. Best thing to do. All right. All right, then. Thank you so much, David. Uh, it was great talking with you. And I will make sure to direct people to the um food is free Washington website and um, encourage people to get in touch and volunteer. Thank you. Thank you very much. Did you know channel 253 is member supported? I'm producer Doug Mackey, and I hope you will show your support by going to channel 253.com slash membership and join. Thank you. Crossing Division is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows. Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounders B Team, Citizen Tacoma, What Say You, and Gimme the Mic. This is Channel 253.